In the glare of the Jerusalem sun, Jews from every nation jostle each other to get a closer look and to hear 12 men speak about God's most recent display of power. One man named Peter raises his voice to address a crowd some 50 days after his master was crucified in this very city. He solemnly declares that the Holy Spirit has come upon them, inaugurating the new age. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Acts 2, 22 to 24. In this speech, we have the basic outline of Mark's gospel, which tells more fully the story of what happened. What was hidden during Jesus' public ministry can now be made public to clarify the basis of the Christian faith. It's a quote by David Garland. If you have your Bible there, let's begin uh, by reading Mark 1, 1 through 8 together. It says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Today we're, we're starting a new series, working through the Gospel of Mark. Mark was written first out of the four Gospels, so the first four books of the New Testament. And it was written sometime after the middle of the first century, and so it was around 30 years after Jesus had died. Mark was probably written by John Mark, an associate of the Apostle Peter, and was written to believers in Rome. It was written to encourage and affirm these believers, restating the words and works of Jesus and affirming his identity. I found myself referring to the Gospel of Mark pretty frequently lately, and, and, and you may remember that I spoke briefly about the introductory verses of Mark recently, suggesting that they form the basis of the entire Gospel. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I said that Mark's gospel seeks to answer one fundamental question. Who is Jesus? And we learn from this verse that Mark believes Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God. We use the word Christ so often these days that very few people, even within the church, probably understand what it means, let alone those outside the church. There are no doubt uh, a multitude of people 
who believe Christ is Jesus' last name, as, as if he were the son of Mary and Joseph Christ. Uh, but it's not his name, not, not in that sense. It's a specific title that Mark attributes to Jesus. The word Christ means anointed one. It's the Greek rendering of the Hebrew word for Messiah. The second uh, title, Son of God, is used strategically throughout the Gospel of Mark. We see the voice of God use it in Mark 1.11 and Mark 9.7. It's, it's the climactic uh, declaration that Jesus agrees to before the high priest in Mark 14.61-65, where his fate is sealed uh, and he's condemned to death for blasphemy. And it's the striking confession made by the centurion in Mark 15.39, uh, who watched Jesus die and witnessed the effect his death had on the earth and on the temple. And so who is Jesus? He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of God, the great Deliverer of God's people, and the One whom the prophets spoke of. Mark affirms this by quoting from the prophet Isaiah. Verse 2 says, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Now if you look to Isaiah the prophet, specifically Isaiah 40 verse 3, you'll notice that Mark says a lot more than what the prophet says. In actual fact, uh, to get this little quotation, Mark mixes text from Isaiah 40 verse 3 as well as Exodus 23.20 and Malachi 3.1. In effect, Mark takes little phrases from three places, from the Torah, from the major prophets and from the minor prophets, showing that what, he is a, what he's talking about here is nothing less than the fulfillment of all that Scripture has been pointing to throughout history. All of history has held its breath awaiting the arrival of Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. All of scripture is about him and his gospel. And so whilst the gospel of Mark was written to encourage first century believers, as 21st century believers, we should be encouraged as well. Jesus, who we worship, is the center point, the, the key figure in all of human history. The gospel of Jesus Christ that we seek to make known is truly life-changing because it's truly life-giving. It's only through knowing and accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ that we can experience life abundantly uh, or life and life to the full as Jesus words it in John 10.10. I quoted David Garland at the start of the message, but, but, but he's, also, he's so eloquent with words that I have to quote him again. He says, Christianity does not offer a series of gospels with each succeeding ruler, but only one, the gospel. The benefits are universal and bestowed on everyone, or at least everyone who trusts in Jesus, I would hasten to clarify. They are offered to the outcast, the sinner and the poor, Jew and Gentile alike, not just to the privileged few. This story is truly good news for the entire world. And so at the dawn of this new age, we see a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist appeared and was proclaiming a baptism of repentance uh, for the forgiveness of sins, we're told in verse 4. And verse 5 says that people from all around were flocking to him to be baptized and to confess their sins. Now we baptize with water today, uh, of course, and so we might assume that the water baptism of John was similar to ours, but it wasn't really. We baptize people who identify with Christ's death burial and resurrection but baptism didn't start here in fact jews baptized gentiles as a cleansing ritual before they could join the jewish religion for the jews baptism 
uh, was for people who needed cleansing. And John the Baptist takes this concept and applies it to the Jews themselves. It was a call to the Jews to come and confess their sinfulness and, and to commit themselves to following God's law in anticipation for the Messiah's arrival. And many were baptized at that time we read here. But this is only a preparatory baptism alongside calling people to confess their sins and to be baptized. John preaches in verse 7. After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John was calling people to repentance in preparation for Jesus and his greater baptism, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The same baptism we heard about in the opening remarks today from Acts uh, chapter 2. Having received this baptism, we see that people flock to the apostles to hear their testimony, to hear the message of Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. This is only the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In coming weeks, we'll see how Jesus came to earth, died and rose again, turning the entire world upside down. We'll hear the story of the rightful king of the world who suffered and died on the cross but who was raised again from the dead to be crowned Saviour, King and Lord of all. It's going to be an exciting journey. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Father, we give you thanks that uh, in your sovereignty and your love and your grace, you saw that we couldn't, uh, keep your law and so you sent Christ as our substitute Lord the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth as a man lived died but was risen again father we give you thanks that that Jesus rose from the dead and so we can have life and life to the full Lord as we reflect in the gospel of Mark as these opening chapters and and throughout the rest of the gospel in this series God might you speak to us Father uh, reinvigorate our hearts for your gospel message Lord might we become witnesses to this gospel witnesses to this event the coming uh, the life death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ who takes away sin of the world be glorified and honoured through the time we spend together in this book and through the time we spend with those around us, God. Might we take your gospel as we reflect on it here on Sundays. Bless us, guide us by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.